Set your phasers to sexy Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of True North Nerd. Yay! This week, uh, it's going to be a bunch of news and just us kind of shooting the shit a little bit about Hawkeye and the Expanse, and you know we're in a little bit of a lull right before Spider Man. Spider Man, basically. Uh, and we're my power keeps flashing here, so if I d- mysteriously drop out, that is why. Yeah, I was just going. to to it so with us for now is kevin hi for now (laughs) weather permitting and and ryan that's me hi and jen hello so ryan what's Uh, in the news this week what's in the news what's in the news okay we got a bunch of trailers and stuff uh, we had the Game Awards, uh, I think it was this past week, so we got a bunch of new video game trailers come out, but we'll get to those after. Um, but the first trailer I want to bring up was Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse mm. Part 1. Oh, I didn't yes. know it was Part 1. Yes, it said Part 1. I missed that. The trailer was Part 1, or the movie is Part 1? I think the movie is Part 1. Ah. Yeah. Because it said Across the Spider-Verse, Part 1. Cool. Exciting. Yes. And in this, we see Miles, we see Gwen. It was and super we see... <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And we see 2099, Miguel. Yes, and who's doing the voice of Miguel? Uh, Oscar. Well, in the last movie, was Oscar Isaac. Oscar so Isaac. Assume... Still is. Yeah. From what I've read. Cool, cool. That was the best Spider-Man movie so far, the the Into the Spider-Verse, so I've got high hopes for Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. Yeah. Oh, so we had that. That looks beautiful again, you know, very stylized. Um, and then we had the final trailer for the upcoming release of uh, Matrix uh, Resurrections. Mmm. Which comes out, I believe, December 22nd? Okay. I yeah. saw, so just before Christmas. Um, it looks interesting. I don't know, I'm still, I'm on board. I'm ready to see what they're doing here with this Matrix movie. Yeah, I think it should be fun. I was never a huge Matrix fan. I mean, I like it, it was okay. Yeah. But I'm not, like, chomping at the bit for this one. Well, they got silly, uh, like I loved the Matrix. The I don't original. even remember the other two. I just... <laughs> exactly. There were some people with white spaghetti hair, and there were some there like ghosts. squid machines. And yeah, those, yeah, those, those were, were in the first as well. And they were in the first one. There was Zion. Yep. And yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna and have to party. party. Woo. <laughs> I would argue differently from Kevin 
that I think the other two aren't as good because they took themselves way too seriously. Yeah. As no, opposed I to agree. silly. It's the, there was a lot more, especially in the second one, there was a lot more of um, armchair he, philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. No, there was that. Are we going to have to re? Am I going to have to rewatch the whole trilogy? No. I am oh, planning not to. So <laughs> I'm sure they'll give you enough. They'll they'll teach they'll teach you or tell you enough that uh, of the information from the past movies that you'll need to know. Like just from looking in the trailers, we see that right. Like because it seems like uh, Neo <laughs> does and doesn't remember the past and the demographic that this movie is aiming at weren't born in the 1990s. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now I feel old. Because we are. Yeah. Um, did you guys hear about this announcement? Um, they've announced a new HBO Max spinoff series uh, for The Batman. It's going to be a Penguin spinoff series starring Colin Farrell. Really? <laughs> I had yep. not heard that. I thought this was quite interesting, considering the movie's not even out yet. Well, they did yeah, that with Peacemaker, too, and the Suicide true. Squad. Yep. Yeah. Has that show started? Peacemaker? No. no. Not sure when it comes out. Yeah. I don't think it's uh, this year, though. I think it's, like, maybe January or something like that. Okay. I don't think it's this month. I'm finally going to get to see the Suicide Squad. It comes on to Crave on Christmas Eve. So that'll be my Christmas Day movie. Last year it was oh, Wonder Woman 1984. This year it's the Suicide Squad. Also, <laughs> um, oh, the director of Shang-Chi has apparently signed on to do a sequel. Yay. And apparently there's talk of a Disney Plus series as well. A Shang-Chi Disney Plus series. Yes. Now, whether it's Shang-Chi or other people from that, from Shang-Chi, I have no idea. Uh, but that's what they've, they've said, that, that the you know, that the director has, has signed on for a sequel. And I, it almost made it sound like he signed on for a Disney Plus series as well. Huh. Hmm. Well, it could be. they. The end of Shang-Chi also said that the Ten Rings will return. It could be a movie yep. f- or series focused on his sister. It could easily be. That's true. Mm-hmm. That could be interesting to watch a criminal uh, organization at work. Yeah. The side of the lens. <laughs> uh, oh, so a little bit of comic book uh, news here. So... The rights, the comic book rights for Transformers and G.I. Joe, which are both properties that are owned by Hasbro. Um, right now, they've been with uh, IDW. They've been with IDW for years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that contract is up. Oh. And the rights are being shopped around. And it looks like Skybound is the company currently negotiating with them. Uh, to the point that uh, even Robert Kirkman who uh, is the founder and I guess who runs Skybound, uh, is reportedly a fan of both properties and has gotten himself involved in the, the negotiations. Wow. 
So I'm not going to get another My Little Pony Transformers crossover. Not as long as the lights are there. Well, you may still get one because I don't exactly know when the, it hasn't said when the license is up. But it has said that you won't see any new comics from the next next company until early until 2023, at the earliest. So that tells me that the you know the it's probably at the point where the license is up, but they still have comics to come out. Yeah, because I don't see there be them you know letting there be a full year without their properties being on the shelves. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, there might be some time in between. It oh, also depends on what Hasbro has in plan for, like, toys and stuff, too, right? Yes. Like, I can see there being, like, even up to, like, six months, but like, there will be comics, like, in, you mm. know, 2022. Yeah. From both those brands. Uh, Interesting. Uh, uh, so, okay, here we go. Oh, and here's more comic book news. Um, sounds like Captain Carter is finally getting her own comic book series. I read that. That is cool. Mm-hmm. Should be interesting. You know, we'll see if, if it uh, picks up, you know, the same storyline as the what if, or if it's different. Is it its own story, or or, or does it carry that on instead of getting us uh, continuing in the what if cartoon? Or at least in that universe. Yeah. Or do we get both? And it's, they're more or less the same. They're just slightly ver- different. They're variations of one another. Time will tell. Interesting. Uh, okay. Oh, and so Netflix uh, apparently is developing a new series based on a, on a new comic book series. Uh, Scott Snyder and Tony Daniels' Noctera, which is a hmm. comic book I've mentioned on here before. That's that one where the world has gone black and people are huddling in the remaining areas and have to stay lit because if you, get, you stay in the darkness too long, you start to mutate into a one of these dark, demonic-type creatures. Cool. And there's people in trans, you know, transport trucks that uh, that uh, blah, blah, that move people from, from town to town. And so that's this... The, the main character, she's one of these these people. And she's got a, the souped up pickup truck and a little costume with like lights and stuff that can light up. And it's it's an interesting. Uh, it's been an interesting comic so far. It's nice. It's like really well drawn. Ooh. But uh, yeah, so that's coming to Netflix. Oh, at least cool. it's being developed by Netflix. Who knows when we'll see it. Uh, and then yeah, so now we got a bunch of trailers coming out of that uh, out of the video game awards. We got a trailer finally for the new streaming series of Halo. I know Brent saw the trailer. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just I just heard about that. It's for Paramount Plus, right? Yes. Made me it was a I show don't... that we didn't expect to actually happen. Mm. <laughs> it's it one of those ones. A lot of ways. Makes me realize I know absolutely nothing about Halo. <clears throat> well, it's okay. Then you'll be able to watch it with fresh eyes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this is one of those live action series that's been in developmental hell for like years. I want to say either after even as early as Halo 3 or 4, there was How talk. How many are of, there? I think the current one right now that just came out 
would actually be six. Ah. Not, but then there's also a few unnumbered ones there because there was uh, Halo ODST when you were played as a jumper instead of a Spartan. And then there was Halo Reach, which was like a prequel. I only know Red versus Blue. Yes. <laughs> that's that a good start. The, that's the extent of my Halo knowledge. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it, it, it looks really nice. Like the special effects on it look really good. So here's hoping that it's a good sci-fi show. And not just a, a poor video game adaptation. Mm. Uh, we got a Sonic 2 trailer. Yeah, I didn't even know that there was a Sonic 2 in the works. Oh, yes, there was. <laughs> Guess the first one did okay. I think, well, I think it did pretty well. I don't know, it was, was an R cup of tea. I don't know if any of, any of us saw it in the theaters. Nope. But no. I know that those, like, like uh, well, Ed, uh, Ed Snowhawk, <coughs> cosplay uh, Ed, saw it, and he loved it. He really enjoyed it, and he was, I guess, he, I guess he was a Sonic guy. He was a, a Sega guy, right, growing up. Mm. Uh, so it hit all those, you know, hit the right points for him. I, I've seen the movie, and I enjoyed watching it. It's fun. But, so yeah, and then in this new trailer, we see uh, Sonic's partner, Tails. I love Tails. And we He's see so Jim cute. Carrey back again as uh, what the Eggman or whatever the character's name is, and uh, and apparently we see Knuckles too. I don't know who Knuckles is other than he's evil Red Sonic. Sonic. He's evil Sonic. No, I wouldn't say he's evil Sonic in the games. He's badass Sonic. It's hard to explain. They're, they like eventually Redwood. become friends. He is the Wolverine to Sonic's Cyclops. Ah, okay. That is oddly pretty accurate <laughs> in japan the movie is not called sonic 2 it's called sonic versus knuckles I oh really that. Mm. yes that's funny uh, and then um we got a video we got some gameplay for a uh, trailer for the uh the suicide squad kills the justice league <laughs> uh that looks, looks like it could be a lot of fun yeah, like graphically, it reminded me a lot of the uh, of the Arkham games. Uh, except this one still looks like a well, obviously it'll be a bigger open world game because you're out in a big city during the daytime, not as much, uh, not as dark nighttime stuff like Batman. And they they all seem to have some kind of souped up powers, though. You notice that? Uh, yeah, a little bit, I guess. Yeah, so. It's probably some tech that they've stolen from Brainiac to be able to soup themselves up or something to fight the whatever's going on. Uh, um, yeah, that's pretty much it for my news this week. What do you guys got? Anybody else got anything? Well, I got a big sort of sad one to talk about. Uh, we, yes. we did we did post it up on our Facebook page, but for those who may have noticed, um, we unfortunately. This week, George Perez, who is mm-hmm. one of the most influential comic artists of the the past, what Kevin, three, four decades. Oh yeah, since the seventies at least. Yeah, um, unfortunately, uh, he had retired more or less three years ago due to health concerns, diabetes, and he was starting to have vision problems. 
he found out and chose to share with everybody that he currently has uh, stage three pancreatic cancer. It's inoperable and he's been given six months to a year. He was given the option of, uh, this is from a statement that he posted up on his Facebook page. He was given the option of chemotherapy and radiation therapy, but basically he has decided to just kind of go out uh, with the way nature is taking him at the moment. Yeah. Which is kind of sad, but he's sort of uh, become at peace of, with it, according mm-hmm. to his statement. And he's he is now uh, he has stated basically he was doing private commissions here and there. Those have stopped and anybody he owes is getting their money back. Hmm. Um, the other thing is, is he wants to do at least one more big convention appearance before his health gets too bad. Um, to basically say hi and goodbye to everybody one last time. And uh, let's see if I can get a statement. Uh, um, here it is. Okay. I also hope that I will be able to make one last public appearance wherein I can be photographed with as many of my fans as possible with the proviso that I get to hug each and every one of them. I just want to be able to say goodbye with smiles as well as tears, which I read this at work and damn near cried. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... <sighs> It's really sad. I'm I'm happy he sort of is kind of going out on his terms, and uh-huh. that it, it's weird that he well not weird. It's just sort of like sort of graceful that he wants to you know thank all of us for giving him uh, a career that he loves, and at the same time is like that that guy has given me so much joy over the years with his work that it's like yeah dude it's the other way around here yeah Yeah. um perez has always been in my top three all-time favorite comic book creators um i i his art style is so clean and so classic and he's also a great storyteller, both visually and when it comes to the craft of storytelling. Um, mm-hmm. The reason I love DC Comics is because of George Perez's runs on books like New Teen Titans. He did a run on Justice League back in the early 80s. And then after uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, right? Like uh, he he redefined what the DC universe looked like. Um and uh, and and then after that, I took over on Wonder Woman, and uh, there's my childhood in a nutshell. Those early '80s DC comics created by George Perez. Now his run on Avengers before that was also influential, but I started reading that a little bit later. And and every time I would see his art, I was excited because I knew I was in for something really cool. Yeah, and uh, I'm trying to remember, but isn't I'm not sure if he's the artist who first drew Beast as blue and furry, 
but he's really the one that defined that look for like the longest time. Sure, yeah, because uh, Beast was a major Avengers character at that point. Um, yeah, he started drawing Avengers with issue one one forty one. He also did runs on um, on Inhumans and Fantastic Four uh, back in the day. His first ever. Uh, art that was published was in Astonishing Tales, number 25, and it was a satire of Deathlock, which was the main feature in that book at the time. And then mm. he did a run on in Deadly Hands of Kung Fu. So, um, uh, and then came the Avengers, so. Yeah. So, it's sort of sad. Um, I will not reveal names, but I have talked to uh, a couple people uh, there who are involved with certain things that are trying to help get kind of George's his wishes granted here. Uh, it depends on timing and a couple other things, but the people are working on it. Um, I, I won't say much more beyond that on Mike. I've been privileged with a little bit of information, but I just I really hope. It turns out for George's sake. Um, on a personal note, I've I've met George twice, maybe three times. Super nice guy each time. Mm-hmm. Like it just the the it always stands out to me when people are awesomely nice. Uh, he did uh, both a smart thing and a fun thing. I was at I think it. The fan expo, the the power went out because a raccoon fell in a transformer a couple blocks away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we discovered that later, and I was going into a panel of his, and the power was out. But they were, you know, people were still milling around, and he went down the aisle, like the lineup, to get into the panel room because the panel room was sort of dark. So he went down the lineup and like said hi to everybody and signed everybody's books who happened to have them in line. Aw, that's uh, I, I've got my that's where I think my my Crisis on Infinite Earths hardcover where it got signed was in that lineup, and I got to talk to him a little bit later, and he's just super nice guy. It, this is so unfortunate because you know he, he's one of the the legends of that period. He, he's the guy who drew Crisis. He's the guy who drew and co-created. Uh, some of the Teen Titans, like the ones that weren't sidekicks of DC heroes. Yeah. He, which have like, they have mutated and changed over the years, but the general designs are his. For sure. The the one good side effect out of all of this, and maybe, and we will see if it happens, is there has been a huge call for Marvel and DC to kind of put aside their bullshit and republish uh, JLA Avengers, the the crossover that they did. Right, because as big as Crisis on Infinite Earths was, JLA Avengers is probably his magnum opus. Yeah, well, it's where he got to draw everybody. Everybody. (laughs) And it's one of those things that's hard to explain to, to fans now who weren't around during that period there were crossovers between Marvel and DC pretty semi-regularly at that point. What the situation that allowed for that to happen 
is still really kind of interesting and like kind of mod mind boggling. Cause yeah. what had occurred was in the eighties, uh, George was supposed to draw a justice league Avengers crossover company politics happened and the thing got scrapped. I think he ended up like, I think there was some promo art and like at least three full pages done, maybe more. Mm-hmm. Um, Side note, Rob Liefeld ended up buying those pages, like the original artwork up for them. Oh, really? Yeah, he owned them for, I don't know if he still does, but he did for quite a while. Because he was a huge Perez fan. So, so. anyways, that fell apart. Um, Years go by, these crossovers start happening. But at the same time, uh, cross-gen comics had a... And the way cross-gen works was they didn't have freelancers. You signed on as like a con- a contracted artist or, or writer, and you got paid salary. It wasn't by the book or anything. It was an interesting experiment that somebody one of these days is going to do a documentary on or a podcast on or something because there was a lot of wild and weird stories with it. But at the time, George had signed on with them because he was a big name. They wanted to keep him, and it was... Um, it was also for George, it was financial security. Like he wouldn't be taking freelance paycheck. He'd be getting benefits because that was one of the selling points for them at that point. But so this project came up and I can't quite remember it. Like it was a combination of things, but basically he got special dispensation from the boss at CrossGen because he wanted to see this book happen. So he was able to basically like sort of take a leave from his job to go work for competitors to do the dream book we had all wanted. Now, um, according to Bleeding Cool, the latest hardcover to sell on EB, eBay before the uh, before George's statement went for approximately four hundred dollars. I'm I'm sure that's gone up now given the circumstances. Trades were going about uh twenty or sorry, two hundred dollars. So that's it's uh you know, it's good reason that this book should be reprinted. And quite frankly, the many many of the calls are like the money should be used to, you know, do things for charity or provide for George's family and stuff like that. So, yeah. So maybe, hopefully, one good thing will come out of it. Well, I'm hoping that a few of those type of books or something like some, you know, it'd be interesting to see a book of art done by all the artists that he's influenced over the years. Like the people, that, you know, like you said, like Rob Liefeld was influenced by him and like all that kind of stuff. Like those guys should all kind of like get together and like maybe do homages to their favorite pages or covers or something like that and slap it all in the book and put it out there to help raise some money either for him or just even for a charity of his choice or something, if not his family. Yeah. Or they could just, you know, pancreatic cancer research, you know, something like that. Yeah. That would be good. Depending on uh, how he wants to go. So yeah, it's, there's different avenues. I just hope they can put a, aside their uh their b yes in order to to put that book in because and like for 
for just so another generation can get to read it. Because it's not like I don't think it's even available digitally due to rights and stuff like that, right? So. Yeah. Alrighty. So hopefully, like, bit of a sad story, but hopefully some good stuff comes out of it. Yep. Yeah. Alrighty. Anybody got any other news that they they want to sort of throw out there? I did just find see uh, see something when I was looking on my phone. Apparently, there have been. Uh, you know, going back to talk about the Batman, I guess they've had two cuts that they've been showing to test audiences. Oh, oh I heard this. One where, oh, shit, I, I closed the story. One of the actors from the Eternals is supposed to be in this movie. Uh, there was a lot of talk. He was supposed to be uh, James, uh, Jim Gordon's partner. Now it sounds more like he's maybe playing the Joker. And he may be, because it sounds like they've got one cut where he's in it and he's the Joker, and one cut where he's not in it at all and there's no Joker. And so it sounds like they've done their, they've guess they've shown both. They've decided which one they're going to go with. Now, that hasn't been, no, nobody knows which one it is. But apparently there was these two cuts of this movie existed. When's that movie supposed to come out? Good question. I think in early spring. I want to yeah. say March. I think originally it was supposed to be out by now or around now because the, the, you know, there's all kinds of merchandise hitting the store shelves. <laughs> yeah. Like Lego sets um, and stuff. But uh, The internet is saying March 4th. There you go. Boom. We Nailed we it in one. <laughs> Joe Kevin. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's uh, let's move I've got on no news to the today because no news is good news. Because <laughs> yep. it's December and things are slowing down just a little bit. Mm. <laughs> so let's uh, let's uh, take a look at um, something else, maybe a little bit more <laughs> on the cheerful side. Uh, Hawkeye. We are now a couple episodes in. Everybody's still digging it. Oh, I think it's yes. my favorite show so far. Don't you say that every time. It's so good. <laughs> I love Hawkeye. <laughs> and uh, yesterday or today is uh, her birthday. Oh. Happy birthday, Haley Steinfeld. There you go. Happy birthday from us. It's belated by the time this reaches the the, the internet, but. Yeah. I didn't realize she was the voice of Spider-Gwen in into the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cool. I didn't realize that until I kept seeing all the pictures with her birthday, you know, showing that, it's, you know, the, her in the Spider-Verse, Transformers, and now Hawkeye. And there, yeah, there's that meme going around of all the guy, all the voiceover cast from uh, Enter the Spider-Verse. It has, like, other roles in the MCU. <laughs> yeah, that one I've seen, too, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so this week, uh, okay, so spoilers, uh, to abound, I guess. Um, we, we got the, uh, the introduction of, uh, Black Widow Part 2, essentially. Yes. Yeah. Which now makes you wonder how long after, you know, after Endgame 
did that scene at the end of Black Widow take place if mm. she's only conf- uh, confronting him now, mm. which is two years after everything happened? Well, did you read that story that I saw today that the creators of Hawkeye uh, didn't know about the end credit scene in Black Widow when they were working on the show? And the people oh. who were writing Black Widow didn't know about the Hawkeye TV series when they were filming that movie. Uh, it was all sort like there were there were a, a, a select few people who knew Kevin Feige, obviously. I was going to say Feige knew all. Yeah, but uh <laughs> But the creators of those two um, those two pieces of media really weren't aware of what the situation was with the other. So mm. I thought that was quite interesting. Well, okay. So I guess when they when they first started writing their respective things, because they must have found out eventually. Otherwise, you know, it's too, per- too perfect for the you know they they must have yeah they must have been told okay well here put her in and here do this because at some point because how else would that all fit in well they just didn't know about the end credit scene so i mean they could have had uh what's her name yelena just coming to avenge her as a black widow not necessarily working for lady from seinfeld (laughs) the countess yeah 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 i'm not sure uh the the chips just fell right and uh, the, we got uh, we got what we got, which is pretty awesome, in my opinion. Hmm. It's a, I, I'm curious to to see how it all shakes out, especially in terms of like, is there a like? It kind of looks like there's a Dark Avengers being put together, but does Yelena stick with that? Or or does Hawkeye get through to her, and uh, <laughs> and they stop beating on one another? Mm. And that's the beginning of our Young Avengers. You'll find out. Mm. I hope Hawkeye gets through to her. I like her. I want her to be a good guy. I'm I'm also very curious to see uh, when Kingpin shows up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they haven't been hinting at that too much, have they? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, so oh, I guess it's a little bit of news we didn't touch upon. Is Kevin Feige came out and outright said that Charlie Cox is going to be Daredevil in the MCU? Yes, uh, that's he right. doesn't, yes. He uh, quote unquote doesn't know when and where, but that's going to happen <laughs> at some point. Spider Man, excuse me, yeah. sorry. Um, <laughs> At the same time, uh, part of me just like went like, oh, that's a great idea, Kevin. Just uh, throw that news out there so people won't be bothering the shit out of you, whether Charlie Cox is coming back or not, when Kingpin shows up in a week or two on Hawkeye. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Exactly. It's already out there, and people will leave him alone for a couple weeks. For sure. It seems like an awful lot of things are going to be happening in this Spider-Man movie. I, I don't know I, if it's as many things as we think it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of hope that not. I Me hope too. That, I hope we just get a good Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Well, if it's I, to be believed, there's a there's a leaked image from a scene that shows Happy 
and Spider and and to- and and Peter and Aunt May sitting at a table with, uh, with uh, with Daredevil with Matt Murdock. Yeah, see, I see his introduction as like it's going to be not very big, not very long. Oh and it's yeah, going to be in regards to the legal problems that Peter has now found himself in. Yeah, I can see him being just Matt Murdock. Like, I can see yeah. us not getting Daredevil in the movie, but we will have, you know, Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock to be like, okay, kids, here he is. Yes, now he's part of the MCU. You'll Calm he'll, down. <laughs> we'll see him later. Oh, hey, look, there's uh, two more Spider-Man. Let's look at those instead. Look, I'll throw some Spider-Man at you until you're distracted. Hey, look, it's Doc Ock. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what that means for the other Netflix series, mm. uh, I, like or the the actors who are characters in those. Uh, my thought is is basically, unfortunately, it's we're not going to get Mike Coulter as Luke Cage. We we might. It, I think it's a better chance getting him than Iron Fist. I yeah. think Iron Fist is going to be kind of persona non grata. I think in so the too. MCU. There's an interesting. I just saw like a meme before we started where it was like, oh, the MCU, you know, recalling, you know, inviting uh, Daredevil, Luke Cage, you know, the, the Netflix characters over. You see like the, you know, three people moving away from the group, and it's you know, Daredevil, Luke Cage, you know, and then there's a fourth one starts to move and then somebody steps in and it says, uh, you know, has like, says that that one's Iron Fist and then Kevin Feige's like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Just kind of say, no, not, not you. Yeah. yeah. Which is a shame because I really liked, well, I mean, I only really know Iron Fist from the Spider-Man cartoon and I really liked his character in that, but oh my God, was the live action so annoying. <laughs> oh, so annoying. And now we've got a real Asian martial arts hero in Shang-Chi. Yeah. In the mm. MCU, we don't really need um, Iron a Fist as well. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it would be cool to see the two of them fight. Oh yeah. Well, that's it's the just... the thing is we might we might still get that. I don't. I I kind of think that it's going to be an interesting thing that they will have to try and tackle if they ever do. Yeah. Because there there's talks that. Kung Lung might show up at some point in in terms of Shang Chi, which makes sense. It really does. Yeah, especially if they go ahead and do like a series. Yeah, and that's when they can inter- you know, explore a lot of that stuff, right? Like, and I think if they do bring back Iron Fist, uh, what they should do is so instead of bringing him back as his own show, they could just bring, do a Heroes for Hire. And then you can put a whole bunch of that group in there in one show. Mm. Mm. Uh, that's a, not a bad possibility. I think we'll get Kristen Ritter as Jessica Jones at some point again. I hope so. I love Yeah, her. I love her. Yeah, it's the, the second season was a little bit on the wonky side, which I, I, you can kind of say, with the exception of Daredevil, I think you can say that about pretty much all of those Netflix series. Like, yeah. strong starts. I didn't enjoy any of the second seasons of any of the... Of the uh, Netflix shows, Daredevil. Daredevil, I liked all. I never watched Daredevil. I couldn't. I don't know why. I just could not get into it. Mm. That's okay. Yeah, it's not for everybody. But 
I, I really love Daredevil and Jessica Jones. That first season's really good. The uh, the Luke Cage season first season is pretty solid. Iron Fist, eh, it's got some good parts and got some really wonky parts. Yeah, but the it's the second seasons for the other ones kind of fall apart a little bit. And but Defenders was all right, like the the big combo group of yeah, everything. that was fun having them all yeah. together. That first season of The Punisher is also really good too. Now that I think about it, is that the the first season of The Punisher was really solid? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think that the uh, the problem is is they kept wanting to make the pun. This is going to sound really weird, but l- let me explain. They kept wanting to make the Punisher human, mm. like in the fir- but at the end of the first season. That should have been it. At that point, he's the Punisher. Frank, it's kind of like Batman. Yeah, is like, but worse is once he's the Punisher, he's no longer really a person. He is a murder machine. That's what he is. And they just kept. I I got get the idea behind it because some people don't want to see that, but I'm like, that's not what the character is. Is at a certain point. He just becomes a, a machine bent on taking down crime. And there's ways yep. to do that. You almost like kind of like Batman. You make him the boogeyman of the mob world. You know, you, you focus on kind of that aspect of it. That like if once he sets this, his sights on something, it's like a train and you ain't going to stop it. It's whether you get out of the way before it runs you down. And even he's been talking the last little while. Uh, John Bernthal's been talking again how he would be open to coming in, but at, there's certain things he feels. He doesn't want to be. He doesn't want to be a watered down version of it. Yeah. Which really, people don't want to see a watered down version of the Punisher either. Mm. <laughs> and and now there's like. It's interesting because you could really play with some societal stuff with the Punisher right now. But mm-hmm. at the same way, I don't see Disney Plus, like that. while they'll do it a little bit, I don't see Disney and Disney Plus going full bore over it. Like the, the fact that there was so, uh, so many, like, you know, Trump supporters and for lack of a better term, wayward police officers adopting the Punisher logo. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, no, nah, nah, you guys don't get it. it. Is if you have been doing the shit you're doing with that logo on, you just made yourself a bigger target to Frank. Like, doesn't matter if you're a cop, you're a crooked cop, you're a criminal. And if you're a criminal, mm-hmm. you're dead. Yeah. So... There would be lots of interesting stories you could do within that with, you know, taking on that in our society right now. But I don't I don't see them doing it. So back to Hawkeye. Yeah, Hawkeye. (laughs) He's got a a little crew now that we got our LARPers are back. I love the LARPers. (laughs) So I was talking to Jen about that, Ryan. Yeah. Are the LARPers now kind of the substitute for the people who lived in the building in the comics? Well, maybe. 
Love to see yeah, they're, how they're kind of like again. taking that spot. Maybe. Uh, but they were more, you know, shown why he was defending the building. Mm. We don't we, have, we don't really have that as a problem in this story, right? Like the the, the whole his whole conflict with the with the uh, the the tracksuit mafia isn't about the building; it's about his Ronan. history, his him Ronan the suit. That's one of the big differences, right, between that story and this. Where before they wanted that mm. building because they wanted to, you know, I guess they were being paid to get people out, you know, so they could knock it down and build something else, that type of thing. That old trust chestnut. I like. Oh, okay, so here's a big question: Who owns? Who's the watch? That's a good question. I don't know who owns the watch, but why would Echo need it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, the other question is for me: Is really who is Clint's wife? I she, love Clint's wife. She's yeah, awesome. her story. I love yep. her, but she's obviously done this kind of operative work before. Well, she's I mean, she's like his oracle, right? Like, yeah, uh, she's they've been together for a while. So yeah, but where did we meet? Where did they meet? Like, we always yeah. assume she was just some civilian, but I have a feeling she's Shield. Yeah, that's oh, my that's my thought. Or at least she was at some point. Yeah, for, exactly. former Shield, maybe, or that's where they, how they met. Makes sense because that's where we met him was yeah. in Shield. All of a sudden, she leans forward. Hell Hydra. <laughs> oh no! No, no. <laughs> they made her a bad guy. I am done with the MCU. Jen just has to leave this podcast because <laughs> she can't handle it anymore after that. Yeah. All all their all their kids are Hydra sleeper agents. Oh no! I hope not. I that I'm writing a sternly worded letter to Kevin Feige. <laughs> and he will take it under advisement. <laughs> well, there's, there's the internet theory that she might be the MCU's version of Mockingbird. Which is sad because we already had a Mockingbird on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And Who I know was good. And I know that we're slowly getting rid of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as part of continuity, but it was at the time. And I hate that it's sort of been shoved into an alternate universe. Yeah. yeah. Is that what happened to it? Kind of, well, yeah. Well, there was no blip on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh. Or at least there could have been, but they were gone into the future. They were gone in the future. An alternate future anyway. With the world being destroyed and stuff. Yeah, the, the, there was the, talk around that right around that time when that happened, and Avengers was happening. There was they do make some mention of something happening in like South America in South Africa, mm-hmm. but then they go off and do their thing, or they're in the middle of whatever dealing with their thing, and it never gets said again. So it's kind of just like, oh, you know, is that Thanos's invasion? And yeah, it's. Uh, I I sound like a broken record at this point. It's just too bad that they couldn't have all gotten along from the start. Yeah, uh, on that it was stuff. A great like, idea. Yeah, like you know, like it seeing like just so like even that end battle having like Daredevil and Iron Fist and 
uh, Luke Cage just popping out of one of those portals and just beating on guys. You don't even have to really give them a scene, but just to show them coming out of one of those portals and yeah, being part of that them. universe would have been great. Yeah. yeah. So we got to see Howard the Duck come out of a portal. We didn't yeah. see him fight, but we know he was there. Yeah. <laughs> and he he arguably would have done better in the battle than, you know, our Iron Fist or Jessica Jones, right? <laughs> Well, maybe not Jessica Jones. She does have <laughs> she does have super strength, right? Or Luke Cage. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, maybe maybe better than Iron Fist, but <laughs> that's only because that actor didn't really know how to do kung fu. Ugh. Yeah, he got better by the Defenders. Yeah, but that that first season it was like they really should have used doubles. <laughs> it's like Poor it was Kevin obvious, that he, especially when you put um, what's her name. Uh, the girl who ends up getting the Iron Fist power at the end of the series. Oh, yeah. The, the sister of the dragon. Yeah. Um, the daughter of the dragon or whatever her name. Yeah. I never watched Iron Fist. Oh, you didn't, you didn't miss, miss anything. I, I didn't watch season two, so don't worry. I didn't yeah, watch season two. But she had like real martial arts training. Like, like good job. And you could, she was so leaps and bounds ahead of this guy who's supposed to be the ultimate martial artist. Mm. And it's like, and, and to like, you can see that now because she's in the new Matrix movie. So. But the rich white man wanted to be the martial arts master. Yeah. Well. It's a a character that is like, I like, I, and I feel bad because I used to defend it. A little bit because like that's the story and my my thought was at the time was well there there's shang chi and eventually we can get him to have a movie too and my thought process was wrong like i, <laughs> I like i have gotten smarter when it comes to stuff like that and the thing is a, a lot of comics a lot of comics and characters were a product of their time Yes. And times have changed. So you can't necessarily take what was and make it exactly the same as what it was now mm. without having all sorts of issues. Mm. You can adapt, yeah. you can change, you can alter, but you can't do like a copy paste. Yeah. Shang Chi is a, is a perfect example of that. Yeah. Is the comic version is Bruce Lee, essentially. Yeah. But stereotypical kung fu. With like the worst of villains for his dad in terms of semi-racism, because his dad was Fu Manchu and was like was even like colored yellow on the covers and stuff. It's like it really like look at look yeah. now. Yeah. At the time it was acceptable. And you which doesn't fly these days, but look at what they did is they tied it in to the Mandarin and they made that work out like the reverse engineering sometimes that Marvel and the MCU can do is really amazing. <laughs> that was the best. I loved that reveal so much. <laughs> yeah. I'm really glad that they kind of kept it hidden too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so Hawkeye still good. We will uh, we will see how everything goes when when it's done. Yeah, we have what two like more two episodes? episodes? Just two, yeah. I guess yeah. So. so the next episode we record will be a wrap up of the series. And if the if the internet is to be believed, episode five is going to break the internet. 
Oh, yes. no. And, well, and, well, maybe we won't be able to do the show. Oh, no, not <laughs> the, if the internet, internet will be broken. broken. How will we no. have the podcast out if the internet is broken? Oh, they'll fix it by the time we have our show up. Well, they're, they're going to break it again a few days later when Spider-Man comes out. So. <laughs> yeah, Next week, I'm, it's I'm, just not going to be a good week for the internet. They, the precautions they're taking with Spider-Man is really interesting to watch. Yeah. The the fact that they the for the press junkets they're only letting the uh, the interview people see like the first like I, half an hour or forty five minutes or something. Minutes, of. yeah, yeah. Thirty eight minutes is all they've seen. <laughs> That's crazy. I'm, su- I'm surprised Tom Holland on Hot Ones didn't spill anything. <laughs> he must be getting better. <laughs> you know what I love too is. I love it when you see those stories or you hear about that or you hear about like these foreign movie theaters using fan art off the internet as the movie posters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen the, the, you know, the, they've been doing that with this Spider-Man movie and using posters with like all three Spider-Mans on it and stuff. That's like, that's not official. Yeah. Um, but there was one, I think it was one of those ones where they did, they took like, it was for Endgame, and someone took like every all the characters and put like Hawkeye's head on everybody or something like that. It was one of those <laughs> weird ones, and they'd use that as the theater's poster. <laughs> Somebody's not paying attention. Yeah, it's the it's same like guy are, that. Go ahead. It's like getting those. Uh, if um, if you ever bought a bootleg movie from Pacific Mall. <laughs> Every once in a while, you would get these like fantastic, like put together uh, DVD covers for it. Yeah, like where it would be like I've seen one where it was I want to say it was episode two, but for some reason they photoshopped like Arnold Schwarzenegger from Predator in the background. <laughs> <laughs> or like I like the one where it was uh, an international like swimming or something, some like Olympic. Not the Olympics, but like that caliber of event, and they downloaded the wrong national anthems. Oh no! For some of the people, it was um, you know that Borat movie. Oh no! Is he from mm-hmm. what was is he from uh, Kazakhstan? Kazakhstan. So yeah. the Kazakhstan guy won a gold medal and won first in an event. So they played the national anthem from Kazakhstan, and they played the version from Borat. Borat? Oh. Oh, no. Yeah. Somebody's getting fired. Somebody's probably a volunteer. (laughs) Yeah. Well, in that case, you get what you pay for. Yeah. (laughs) But I always tell people when they're like, we can get a volunteer or a co-op student to do it. I'm like, okay, but remember, you get what you pay for. You pay for (laughs) <laughs> oh boy <laughs> I like those memes where um, they replace uh, picture frames with like Obi-Wan uh, Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan yes. and el- Jesus yeah elderly people keep thinking it's Jesus yeah like according the one where to the, the memes guy, yeah. the guy said he went to visit his grandmother and he, he looked and he saw his picture of Jesus on the wall and it was Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah yeah I really want to try that one day I want to try to replace all the picture frames at like my mom's house or my uh, or at the the, my dad's house with like 
Nick Cage and see how long it takes him to notice. <laughs> <laughs> what okay. you need to do is you get a variety of Nick Cage heads cut out with a little piece of tape on them all ready to go or have a piece yeah. of tape with you and go to like Value Village and just start sticking them on the pictures or picture <laughs> frame. <laughs> Yeah. Go into like Walmart where like when they've already got you know the the family photos and stuff like that and just start sticking them on there and oh no those are easy enough that if you print off like some four by six pictures you just pop the box the back off yeah. flip the replace put the picture in. put it back on again and put it back on the shelf yeah <laughs> uh, hmm. yeah fun times yeah. troublemakers so. <laughs> From Good what Northers I understand, does not condone anybody doing that. Actually, just so you know. <laughs> From what I understand, uh, Ryan and Kevin, the Expanse started up again this week. It did. <sighs> yes, it did. You got episode one of the final season just uh, just last night. So is it they're doing it uh, like one episode per week kind of thing? They are. Sadly, yes. yes. No, I prefer a weekly rollout. I Man. am I am against a binge. I don't mind a good binge. <laughs> because that feel then it means like I feel like I have to watch six episodes of a show in a night and I don't want to have that pressure. <laughs> but uh we picked up where the last season left off and uh our crew is in trouble and so is the whole earth. Looks like Mars as well. It's just it's just such well written, good uh, science fiction. Uh, it's exciting to see it on television. Yep, I agree. Now, sadly, this is only uh, with this with this being the last television season or you know series that we're going to get. Uh, it's not going to put in the whole book series. Um. Now it is interesting that that what you know. So Kevin, just you'll know what I'm talking about. The way it starts mm-hmm. and what we see there, yeah, um, is a big you know that uh, that planet and those people are a big chunk of books. Oh shit! What's the new? I think the new one's eight, so six and seven. Okay, so we're condensing a lot of story, is what you're telling me. Well, I'm. I don't even know if if we're gonna if that's just a tease because the stuff that's going on right now with the free navy and um and what's his name that all happens in like kind of book i guess five okay maybe four and four and five or somewhere around there and it doesn't it's it's getting a lot more play in the book in the tv series than it did in the, in the book series so the they've expanded series, on that. Is the book series still going? Uh, the book, the final book, actually either just came out at the end of November or comes out this month. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I was the, just wondering if the book was going to keep going after the show ended. Uh, no, it's kind of interesting how they've how they've, they're, I guess they've, they're ending the book series now, and then it's I guess Amazon has decided that this is the last season. Yeah. Uh. Huh. But from what I have read, they are leaving it open in case, I guess, you know, kind of like in case 
in the future there's other adaptations that happen or somebody else decides to pick it up and continue moving forward with it or yeah there is also going to be um one of those telltale games oh uh, there's uh they actually forgot to put that one in the notes i saw a trailer for a telltale expanse game the expanse mm-hmm. uh in the little trailer it's um you know the cap, the other captain of the ship of the uh, of the Belter ship, the one that's friends with Naomi. Yep, um, I know who you're talking about. That was the security chief. That chick. Yep, yep, yep. She's yep. great. I love her. I can't so think of her like, name right now, but I. Love I can't her. either. Um, it looks like her, like that character, may be your point of view character in the Telltale game. Oh, that'll. But at be least cool. in the trailer, that's who you who you see, and it's voiced by the same actress. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I I love this show. It's fun, and Amazon is on a roll right now when it comes to uh, shows that I'm watching. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I'm uh, I I must admit I'm looking forward to the uh, Jack Reacher series that they've got coming out next year. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that trailer, I didn't mention that one, so I missed that one too. That was a new trailer that came out in the last two weeks uh, with, uh, I can't think of his name, but he was in, uh, he was Hawk in the Titans series. Oh, yes, Alan, um, right, Alan right. something. Alan Reichman? No. <laughs> Alan, hmm. Yeah, Alan something. He was in uh, that Rooster Teeth movie, um Shit, what was it called, Brent? Laser Team? That's the one, yes. Uh, he's, he's in Laser Team. Oh, God. He, and that, he was the, he was the one originally supposed to get the suit. He's the military guy that was supposed to be, like, you know, the the best of the best, and he was supposed to get the suit, and but they all grabbed parts of. Alan Richson. Ah, I knew, there you go, that's right, that sounds right. And yeah, like Brent said, he he fills out the description of 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 Reacher a lot lot better than uh, than Tom Cruise physically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm curious to see how it plays out. And like Amazon stuff for me has been a little hit and miss. Uh, really, some of it, yeah, that's some of it's really caught me, and other bits uh, hasn't so much. Well, I am um, hooked on Wheel of Time. I love oh yeah, it. I got to start watching that too. Uh, I think it's great. Um, I, as someone who knows nothing about the book series, the mm-hmm. show is drawing me in. I like the characters. I like, uh, I like the world. Uh, there's a cool mystery going on, uh, I, and uh, it's it's just really, uh, it's a really fun high fantasy, uh, well executed series and. Uh, uh, it makes me intrigued for what um, Amazon is going to do with the world of Tolkien uh, with their um, Lord of the Rings series that's coming up soon, mm. too. Yeah, Wheel of Time is going to be my next uh, lunchtime show after I'm done the Orville. Uh, awesome. Because I assume I'm going to still be working from home for a little while longer. <laughs> you know, with new variants and such coming out. Oh, yes. Yeah. But anyway, it's nice to have a lunchtime show. It is. Yeah, I've got. I, I do that sometimes at work. I'll try to find a lunchtime show. Well, when I'm at work, I read on my lunch. 
because I'm the only one who uses the lunchroom, weirdly enough. <laughs> Not that I'm complaining, because then it's quiet and I can sit in there and read. Right. <laughs> I don't know well, where everybody else goes. <laughs> well, now because yeah, of the way things are, I can't use the lunchroom, so. Yeah, yeah. We have to be socially distanced all over the building. Two people at a table. Yeah. Well, ours is the same, too. We can only have, like, two or three people in the lunchroom at once. But since I'm the only person in there, except for the people who pop in and out to reheat their food, then it doesn't affect me. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I just sit at my desk. Yeah, I need to get away from my, my desk. Oh, I was going to say something else, too, and I forgot what it was now. Oh, this conversation has taken lots of twists and turns. I'm yeah. quite uh, Oh, <laughs> I remember what I was going to say now. There was the trailer for um, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel season four. Yay! Oh, there you go. I'm looking forward to that, too, because season three ended and it made me very sad. And I'm like, I need to see something like that things get happier again. So <laughs> I, I'm kind of so here's my Amazon pick sort of thing. Hey, Amazon, give us money. We know you have it. <laughs> um, They're not going to give us money. Well, for all oh, I know. Um, some of that race. <laughs> one, uh, one of the things that they've got coming up is they're going to be streaming Metallica's like anniversary concerts that they recorded a while back. That's cool. And I'm like, like where they go through like, oh, like their whole catalogs and stuff. And I'm like, oh, that could be really kind of cool because I like that sort of stuff. And there, uh, it just was flipping through, and they have one of uh, Dave Grohl's documentaries has popped up on it too that I got to sit down and watch. Nice, not the not the one from Dave Grohl's mom though. That's the one I really want to watch, and I got to seek it out one of these days. Because Dave Grohl's mom wrote a book about uh, where she interviewed other rock stars' moms and what it's oh, yeah. like to that, be that, mom that of a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. And they've since made a documentary out of it. Like I know um he talk she talks to uh Getty Lee's mom. Aw. And it would be for Getty Lee's mom passed. And like apparently they had be like through this book and through like their sons being friends, they became pretty good friends. <laughs> so I'm I can see that get... becoming quite the little group of uh Rockstar moms, like them becoming like just this little click, you know. Oh, what's your son been up to? Or you know, just having lived the same experiences of seeing their sons or daughters go through, yeah, whatever they go through, ups and downs, become rock stars. Well, it's sort of it, the other side of it is you see uh, from Dave Grohl's book and just t- seeing interviews with them and stuff. You kind of like it's. It's a weird rich person version of like how like our parents kind of are in some ways. Like so Dave Grohl is friends with Paul Stanley from Kiss. Not because they had ever met really beforehand, but their kids both go to the same elementary school. So they see each other like when they're dropping their kids off and stuff like that. Like they have created that kind of friendship. Yep. And they're, they're also like two parents dropping their kids off that have similar careers. <laughs> so. But uh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Alrighty, so let's uh let's wrap this episode up the way we wrap all episodes up and geek picks. Who wants to go first? 
I actually have one this time. Well, then Jen should go first. Yep. Yay. Yep. Do it. Prepared for once. Do it. (laughs) So I'm uh, reading slash listening to a really good book. Um, And it's called The City We Became by N.K. Jemisin. And I've read a lot of her books. She is a spectacularly good author, I find. A lot of she does a lot of it's almost like a dystopian sci-fi fantasy sort of depending oh, on what that you read. <laughs> yeah, nobody does that. No, I know, but I hate to lump it into that because it's it's yeah. so much better than just like the Hunger Games type of crap. Um. <laughs> anyway, this book is the city we became, and it is about the city of New York, and it really makes me kind of want to go to New York because I've never been. But basically, in this world. Uh, cities are alive. Some cities are alive. They become alive. And if you think about it, lots of cities have their own characteristics. Like when you think of something, you think, oh yeah, that's so New York or that's so Toronto or that's so Rome or whatever. Um, So this book is exploring that idea about cities actually being born. And New York is going through its birthing process. But what happens is every time a city is born, Countless other realities are destroyed from that birthing process. So there's this kind of like ultra, this is the sci-fi part, where there's like another dimension or another universe or another uh, plane of existence, I suppose, that is trying to stop cities from being born because every city that's born threatens their existence. So there's the enemy comes in. And the way the city protects itself from being born is that it gives its power to an avatar, but because New York is a new city, relatively speaking, and because it's made up of kind of a bunch of individual cities, New York has six avatars, one for each of the boroughs, Bronx, Brooklyn, Manhattan, Staten Island, and I missed one, Queens. Um, and then this, the last one is the city is the city itself, is the avatar of New York. So it's really interesting because... The, the story takes place where these people kind of just wake up and they're the avatars and they don't know what's going on and they're being attacked by this other reality and they don't know what's happening. And uh, other avatars from other cities have to come and help them. But once you're out of your city as an avatar, you don't really have that much power because you're out of your city. So it's, they, they, can, they can guide New York's avatars, but they can't really do much to help. And I'm not done the book yet. I'm almost done. And... I feel like I'm doing a bad explanation because it's just so well written. And having never been to New York, you really, I really feel like I'm getting a sense of what each of the boroughs might mean to a New Yorker and each of their mm. characteristics. Uh, it's really difficult to explain, but I kind of want to read more about other cities happening. Like, I don't think she's, she doesn't tend to do much in the way of sequels. She tends to do like trilogies, like together but she doesn't like tend to write a one-off book and then write a sequel. Right. So I don't think it will ever be a sequel, but the characters that she's created for this is just so interesting. And I really, I can't wait to see how it ends. So anyway, highly recommend that you read the city we became by NK Jemison and everything else that NK Jemison has ever written. (laughs) Okay. That's my geek pick. Good pick. Sounds good. Next. Well, I have been, I might have mentioned this already. It might already have been my geek pick, but I'm still watching it and I'm still loving it. And it's already ended. So you could binge it if you wanted. And that is Only Murders in the Building on Disney Plus. 
Um, I am really loving this show. I'm up to episode eight. I'm I'm letting myself savor every episode. I uh, although I could, and I uh, jump in and watch the, right to the end because I'm really excited to find out where this is going. It's a fun, twisty murder mystery with an amazing, amazing cast: Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez, Amy Ryan, and uh, oh, uh, oh, what's his name uh, from? Uh, from the producers and uh, who was Timon in The Lion King. And, oh. Uh, mm. Yeah. Anyway, that guy. He's in Nathan Lane. Nathan, Nathan Lane. Lane. Yes. I was yeah. close to that. Uh, it's got a great, great cast, and I, I really love it, and I need to know who killed Tim Kono. Nathan Lane is in it? Cool. He is. I love Nathan Lane. And Sting. Sting is a suspect. <laughs> I love the fact that it's not like an a character he's playing, but no. it's Sting. Sting. Like he's Sting playing lives himself. In the building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh so yeah, I highly recommend it. It's if you haven't if you like murder mysteries, if you like something fun, you know, for a show that's full of murder, it's also fun. Uh, and, uh, they do some really cool, um, they do some really cool tricks with, I don't want to say anything in case I spoil anything, but they do some really cool tricks with editing and sound and visuals, uh, with some episodes. So yeah, uh, check it out. Only murders in the building. And I think it's been renewed for a second season. It has. Means there's been another murder in the building. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, what do you got? Good question. Oh, come on. You had lots of time to think about it. Yes. And I couldn't really come up with anything other than, and I'd used this one before, The Expanse. (laughs) Read it. Watch it. Soon play the game. Experience it in whatever form you want, but do experience it. I concur. There's uh, all seasons are available on Amazon Prime. Uh, I know that the first few seasons you can actually you could buy in physical media. I don't know if the Amazon Prime seasons have come out uh, on uh, DVD or Blu-ray yet. They may just be keeping it for themselves. But uh, the books, like I said, the final the final one comes out uh, this month, if not already. And uh, yeah, you should, should go there and read them. The authors, it's a, a team, uh, and they actually are also writers on the series and uh, have gone in and corrected some of the things they felt that they should have done or would do differently in the books. They had they done, you know, rewritten the books. So there are differences between the TV show and the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, one such thing, actually, one of the main characters was killed off last season. Uh, now, that was also as a result of some behind-the-scenes uh, in uh, inappropriate things on the set. So he lost his job. So his character got killed. But, yes. Uh, uh, and, and, there'll be, you know, and then there's fallout from that this season. Characters dealing with the loss of one of their friends and stuff like that. So... Uh, I look forward to seeing how they wrap it up, and I look forward to getting the new book for Christmas and being able to read it in the new year. And I'll be telling you in January probably how good the book is, and <laughs> be reading the books. 
Yeah. Brent. So mine is a, a little bit of a departure for me. Um, I'm going with a YouTube channel Ooh. that I have gotten sucked into completely and utterly. It is the rebirth of G4 TV. Oh. Um, for the youngins out there, uh, G4 was an actual television station that had a couple of shows. Uh, they had X-Play. They had Attack of the Show that were essentially centered around video games and nerd culture. Uh, a little bit ahead of its time and not a huge amount of programming beyond those because uh, for at least in Canada, I, I assume it was similar in the States. It I think they also those two shows and a lot of cops. cops. Didn't they also show sometimes Electric Playground? Uh, in, Canada, in Canada, yes. They, they had Electric Playground. They also, well, originally G4 was also merged with Tech TV. So there was like uh, Leo Laporte. And, like, actual computer technology stuff on there, too, for a uh, while. And uh, so, anyways, the the eventually the channel was shut down. Uh, many of the creators went on to go do things, mostly on the internet, like, work for various websites and some other TV shows. Uh, the Probably the biggest breakout person of it would be uh, actress Olivia Munn got her yeah. start uh, on Attack of the Show. And now it is restarted, and it's on YouTube, and it's it's exactly what I wanted out of it. I used to love Attack of the Show. Yeah, me and too. It, and they've brought it back. The, the one thing I will say about it is on YouTube, it's a little bit daunting, because what they're doing is basically, like, huge blocks of streaming okay. sort of thing. So it's like each episode of Attack of the Show now is, like, two hours oh. <laughs> or two plus hours. But the the thing with YouTube is you can watch part of it, go and do something else and then come back for a different segment later on. Now, are they streaming it live anywhere? Like, is it on live on Twitch or I believe that's through a couple different outlets and the recorded version ends up on YouTube. Okay. Uh, is yeah, Kevin so. Pereira back as host of Attack of yes. the Show? He is. Uh, he's one of the returning people. Him, uh, Adam Sessler, is back with Attack of the Show. Or, or sorry, with uh, X-Play. And they've also... The nice thing is, is they recognize that the, uh, the original versions of these shows uh, were pretty white. And yeah. they have diversified the the people being involved. Like, it, like from... Cool. They're like all sexualities are, are sort of represented as well. Well, maybe not all, but like a fair balance of them at the moment. Is, uh, the is, is Sarah Underwood back? No, no, she's um, not. She's one bad. of the. <laughs> her videos she's are at, so long. I'm looking, I'm browsing through their YouTube page right now, and like most of their videos are well over an hour. Yeah. So, like, for instance, I had it on. Uh, I was watching it on and off while I was doing some uh, reorganization of some shelves downstairs. Uh-huh. And it, it's still, like, it's the same attitude, but just updated for modern times. Like, the, I think it's the second episode they brought out uh, as a punishment for, like, a set of games they were playing, a gravy laser. So like the the uh, laser from Goldfinger, you know what's going up towards Bond's crotch 
is like that, but it was squirting out leftover Thanksgiving gravy. Oh, jeez. Um, and the the hosts are pretty good. Like so the newer ones, uh, I'm getting used to. One of them I I know fairly well because he's a pro wrestler. Uh, Austin Creed uh, slash Xavier Woods is a host on the show, and it fits in really really well. Like it, it's nice to see because when that dude's wrestling career is done, he will have a job hosting something somewhere easy because he does such a good job of this. But it, it like they brought back all your favorite segments in Attack of the Show. Like Around the Loop is there, Epic Fail. They play some games here and there. The there's skits. It's uh it it's the right type of nostalgia feeling. Cool. Yeah. So I that, liked I liked the dad jokes. Um, <laughs> that was great. So, um, I think it, it uh, I think it's somewhere around the hour and a half mark of the episode where the WWE invades the show and <laughs> they have a contest with the wrestlers and like they're splitting the teams along with like the, because attack of the show now has like Kevin Pereira's the main host, but he, he, there's like six other co-hosts okay. that like join them for the different segments and they swap in and out and stuff like that. So it's the other co-host paired up with these wrestlers and they're doing like a dad joke competition where you where you can't like budge or crack a smile or anything when somebody throws when the other guy your opponent throws a dad joke at you. The <laughs> one wrestler was just he was great. <laughs> he was really funny. He had a lot of good ones. I can't remember any of them off the top of my head, but I laughed. <laughs> yeah. So that uh, G4 TV, uh, especially Attack of the Show and X Play. Uh, like I said, you might want to break it up into segments, but if you've got like an hour and a half, it, I, I, and you like that sort of stuff, definitely worth a watch. Cool. And that brings us to the end of this episode. Next episode, uh, we haven't completely discussed it yet, but it's probably going to be a much earlier pre-tape than we usually do to give you an idea a peek behind the curtain we are taping this recording this on saturday before the release on monday right so it's it's so but unfortunately with our recording schedule the next episode would uh land smack dab on christmas day yeah (laughs) so a little busy that day yeah You don't want us trying to record with nieces and nephews running around and stuff like that. (laughs) So we're, we're going to try our best to pre-record early, but what that also means is we're going to be pretty much fresh off of seeing the new Spider-Man movies. And then um, Spider-Man. How many Spider-Men are in this episode or in that movie? We We don't know. 18. 18. That's my guess. That's an that's an interesting number. It's a lot I'm gonna of say Spider-Man. everybody says three. I'm thinking four. This could be a surprise one. Twenty nine. Who's the surprise one? I don't Spider know. Pig. There you go. Maybe Spider Ham. Could be Miles. Could be Miles. I could see this Spider-Pig. being the way to introduce Spider-Pig. Miles. Could be Gwen. Spider Pig does. Hmm, that's always a possibility. Uh huh. Could be twenty ninety nine. I'm a thread. No, we can't. He's a pig. I wonder who you should ask. 
I wonder who you cast as uh as twenty ninety nine live action. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But you don't have to. I'll, All you have to do we'll is find just out when we go and see Spider Man next yep. week. Yeah, you just have them in costume. Doesn't have to talk. <laughs> and and, and we have the and we have the talk of well, uh, Ryan can't be here. He's uh, he basically just when we talked about the movie was just expletives because no Tobey Maguire, <laughs> no Andrew Garfield, no Spider Ham, no Spider Pig. It was just Tom Holland the entire movie. It's just a Tom Holland monologue the whole film. There's I nobody would still else. Watch that. It's just One top Holland, dream. Uh in a two and a half hour monologue with occasional dance breaks. I would still watch that. <laughs> you know, you know what I would like to see is after this movie, I want a half an hour recap from uh, what's his name from Ant Man. Oh yep. yeah, oh yeah, so telling the entire story, and then this other Spider Man showed up. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I have tickets for Thursday night. Huzzah! We're going Saturday. We are going on the Saturday. So we At can't noon. talk to you for two whole days. Okay. Or, <laughs> Kevin, we can talk around, talk talk to them, and make sure we allude to stuff. That's all lies. Yes. <laughs> and this will be the end of the podcast, folks. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> do, 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 do. So for Kevin, Ryan, and Jen, this is Brent signing off for this episode. Stay happy and healthy, everyone. Bye-bye. Excelsior. Season's greetings. Thank you for listening to the True North Nerds. You can find us at truenorthnerds.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at truenorthnerds. To contact one or any of the nerds, you can email them at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. Theme music provided by Kirby Crackle. You can find more of their music at kirbycracklemusic.com. If you like this show, please go to your podcast app of choice and rate and review us. I had uh, chili for dinner, so if you hear farting, because <laughs> I had chili for dinner. And that's going to be the thing at the end of the episode. Thanks, Kevin. You're welcome. <laughs>